I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Happy Thursday, everyone. We are recording after watching the Coyotes Wild game. I am currently drowning my sorrows in some uh, vegan cookie dough. But before I talk about uh, my sadness after that game, let's introduce my wonderful and amazing co-host. Richie, how you doing? Hello, Corey. Uh, Very wacky night tonight. Very busy. Very busy night on the Twitter.com between the Coyotes game and the and the debate. Very busy night. Richie, isn't every night a busy Twitter night for you? Yeah. I get yeah it is, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you <laughs> and Twitter have almost kind of become one. At this point, yes. Let me see how many tweets I've sent out today. Do you know how at the top it says how many tweets that you've had, like, all together? Yeah. Like, ever? Uh-huh. How many is that? Uh, I don't know, because it doesn't say it on my, on the on the app here. On my phone. Oh, it used to. Sorry, I wasn't lying about the whole cookie dough thing. I, I really am eating cookie dough over here. Um, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 16, 17. I sent out 16 tweets alone between the time the Coyotes game started and when it and and when we're recording. <laughs> so. That's right. Like, if you want to know what's going on with Richie, follow him on Twitter. Yeah, no, no, no. See, okay, go to your Twitter profile. Yeah. And then scroll down just a little bit. And if you look at the top, see, like oh. mine says Corey Crenshaw, 4,908 tweets. Oh, <laughs> that's it? Yes. Wow. Okay, guess. I'm, I'm trying to get more and more into Twitter. Hey, I was just tweeting about me watching Inception. That went well. I was tweeting about the XFL. Uh-huh. I'm trying. I'm trying here. Yeah, you're getting there. You're getting there. So how many tweets do you think I've had? Total. Fifteen thousand. Higher. Mmm. Good lord. Twenty thousand. Higher. Twenty-two thousand. Higher. Holy fuck. Um. Sorry. Um. Twenty-six thousand. No, you're way off. Sixty-two point nine thousand. Holy. I already cursed once. Let's not curse again. Um. After my 4,000, that is banana lands. That is yeah. insane. And then if you think mine is a lot, I just check because I know Cat tweets a lot too. Uh, 87.1 thousand. Apparently I've been slacking, everyone. Um, <laughs> You know, reach out to me on Twitter. Apparently I need to be more active and because um, I've got a long way to go if I'm ever going to catch up to them. Holy crap. Yeah, and Cat has... That those eighty seven thousand in two less years on Twitter because she joined in September of twenty eleven, and I joined in fe- uh, 
in uh, February of 2009. August 2011 for me. Right. Well, wow. This has been very illuminating for me. On, um... And that's not, and and I run like seventy five Twitter accounts too, so I tweet even more than that. I mean, I I would like to say I'm more of an Instagram person, more of an, a visual mm-hmm. person, but um, I don't know. I guess since I, I yeah I don't know. You're better than me since I do so much social media for my like day job. When it comes to doing social media later, I'm not as not as big on it, but gosh, I need to step up my Twitter game. I'm way far behind here. Um, God, this is this is a, a big deal. I did not realize that my measly four thousand would literally be trampled on by your guys's sixty and eighty thousand. So yeah, like Twitter has become one with you. Yep, and for the, and our show Twitter has. 2,800 tweets. <laughs> Wait, so our show has like half the tweets that I have, mm-hmm. and our show has not been uh, on Twitter as long as I have. Wow, this is rough. This is a very rough day for me, guys. Yeah. Speaking of rough, here's a tweet. Speaking of Twitter, the Coyotes are 1 8 and 1 in their past 10 road games. Oh, gross. Why did you have to throw that out there? Because in the Sporty Nation, we talk facts, and that's a fact. A very bad fact. That's fa- a disgusting fact. A very bad fact, and a very weird fact considering how good the Coyotes were on the road in the first half of the season. Because remember, pretty much our entire narrative the first half of the season was that the Coyotes were so good on the road and quite trash at home. Really, and now that's completely flipped because <laughs> one eight and one last ten road games, six three and one, I believe, at home since uh, the turn of the to-, to 2020 on the calendar. So wacky. They is constantly the expect the unexpected, I swear, in Arizona. And again, I will bring back my this is why we can't have nice things. Because mm-hmm. when we have nice things, it always just goes to shit. I don't get why. Don't get it. Makes no sense to me. It's just like this team. It makes no sense to me. There's so many things that should be going right for this team. And then they make dumb mistakes. You've got three high men who are not covering their person. And you get scored on in the third to make it three to two and lose a very hard fought game. And you not only was it a hard fought game, but I mean like they were putting up good stats in their and their shots on goal. Sorry. I'm like choking on uh uh there might be a death by cookie dough over here. Um forty one to thirty three shots on goal. They had a fifty three point four face off percentage, which was always a you know, really terrible stat for them most of the season. Um, and then you really just screw yourself with the fact that they were able to convert on both of the power plates that they were given. So 
in that regard, do you put it on the penalty kill? Do you put it on getting the penalty in the first place? Or is it literally just the fact that this team is highly undersized? Or do you put it on the fact that they only converted on one out of the three power plays they were given? So there's a lot of things you can factor into this, but it looked again to be the same as it was last time where they put in the effort. And as we've seen a few times this season, they put in an effort against a good team, but just made one dumb mistake and lost the game. Yeah. Everything you brought up there was 100% true. Right. And I tweeted, I tweeted about this, you know, where I tweeted about Christian Fisher's mistake where he, he missed his man. Um, he was watching the puck instead of covering the middle of the ice like you should have, um, like your your you know your forwards are supposed to do. They were supposed to, for the most part, stay up higher in the zone than your centers and your defensemen. And so Christian Fisher, by the way, took full credit for that. He took the blame for that and said his it was his mistake, which I appreciate. And that's something this team has been good at all season. We've heard it from Jacob Chikrin a lot. We've Christian Fisher and the fact of today where you know this team knows that they are making these mistakes and they know they need to be better there. But I'm also glad you brought up the penalty kill because they've been so good for the past, I don't know, I'd say six or seven games at least. I think it was they killed off something like 18 straight penalties and then they just had a bad game on the penalty kill. And they gave up two power play goals. And for the most part, that was the difference in this game, in my opinion, was those two goals on the on the penalty kill. Jacob Chikrin was one of them at the very beginning of the game that caused the Coyotes to go, go down one nothing. He had an errant stick uh, as as he was coming into the defensive zone, uh, and they ended up scoring Corey Perry on a backdoor goal, easy peasy tap in um, to go up one nothing. And so, like to me, that was that was the difference in this game because if you look at the five on five play in the game against Dallas, it was very very even. It was very very back and forth. I thought the Coyotes for the most part, outplayed Dallas 5-on-5. I thought they gave Ben Bishop one hell of a game, you know, with the 41 shots on goal. And uh, and most of the time when you, you know, you play well 5-on-5 and you win 5-on-5, you should be able to win a hockey game. But, you know, they did have that five-minute major power play in the, in the second period there. Um, Taylor Hall got a big goal to tie the game on that, but they weren't able to score any more than that. And then they also took Carl Soderberg. Carl Soderberg, excuse me, took a bad penalty on that while on that five-minute major, uh, and then that's when Dallas got their second goal to take that two-one lead. So even though the Coyotes didn't even never once held the lead in this game, I felt like this was a game they could have had and should have had. Maybe you know, again, it was just they made one, just one mistake too many. Yeah, no, they they certainly could have had this game. They were in it quite a bit and just to um kind of elaborate on that um in case you didn't see it um jamie ben had hit oel he had a five minute major and a game misconduct for that and he was ejected so he um that was where that five minute major that was coming from oel did come back onto the ice um later so um he appears to be fine but um that is also its own little backstory because um the last time they faced each other oel had hit him so it was um i guess retaliation 
I'm assuming it was a re- retaliation at least. Um, so that is an interesting little thing on its own. But yeah, that for sure they could have won this game. And we were talking about it earlier um, as I was. Um, by the way, this team is a very good team to watch while you're working out because you can get very <laughs> frustrated but also really excited and it pushes you very far on your workouts if you're uh, very passionate about it. Cause I was watching it while I was working out. And then um, towards the end of the second period, I was driving home and I called Richie to talk about it. And as we're talking about it, we're, we're just talking about the fact that Dallas is always such a heavy team. They are so strong every time the Coyotes are playing them. And it's so hard for them to be able to keep the endurance that they need through all um, through all three periods. And that was what uh, the problem that they had last time they faced Dallas was the fact that they were able to actually put up a very physical game for the first period and a half. And then you could see that starting to wear on them. They weren't as physical with them um, this time around. They were trying to be a little bit more playing their own style of play, which I think is better because it helped them be able to keep that stability throughout it. But it does show that the Coyotes can play against heavy teams like Dallas and good teams, and that's who they would be playing in the playoffs. It's just the matter of fact of being able to get through all of that and be able to get to... Um, the playoffs in the first place, but it does show that they can put up good fights in the playoffs. It it just does kind of show that if there is one thing missing on this team, it probably is someone that has a, enough size to be able to throw around. So when they are in games like this, it can give them that little bit of edge. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Dallas is the dirtiest team in the league. They just play dirty and it's disgusting and it's not how you play, Right. We saw in the Winter Classic, Corey Perry get ejected from the Winter Classic because he threw a downright dirty hit in that game. Tonight, it was Jamie Benn who threw a disgusting hit on OEL, and hopefully he gets suspended for it because it was dis- it was bad, and it's the kind of hit that you want out of the game. And then in the first period, back in the first period, um, there was another rough hit where Nick Schmaltz went kind of took a nasty kind of cross check in the back, and he went into the boards and. W- took a while to get up and get off the ice. So it's, I don't know what to say about Dallas other than they, I, I'm starting to really hate them quite a bit. Like they just don't play, you know, I'm trying to think of the word here, but they just don't play hockey the right way. And it's disgusting. And yeah, you can call it playing heavy, but there's a line between playing heavy and, and playing dirty. And, you know, I think the, the Vegas Golden Knights – are a team that plays a very heavy game, and the Coyotes have struggled playing against them at times. But I wouldn't call the Golden Knights dirty. They play a very, they play a style that is like a playoff style type of hockey, and it has worked out for them in the past two years where they have had some playoff success. So, but a game like tonight, and you were one hundred percent correct. Tonight was a very good example of the type of play that the Coyotes are going to face if they do make the playoffs. They're going to play games like this every night for possibly seven games in a series over multiple series. And they proved tonight that, you know, they don't have to get dirty down in the dirt with teams to play well against them if they just stick to their their style that they play, which is playing smart defensively, 
you know, playing with speed through the neutral zone, doing, playing well in the neutral zone, breaking up passes. And that's what they did against the Dallas Stars. And they were able to at least hang in the game. But unfortunately, they lost. And uh, and it's a, it's a rough loss to take because every point matters at this point. Like, I... You know, they. I, I'm very skeptical at this point that the Coyotes are going to make the playoffs, frankly. I know that's going to piss a lot of you off who are listening to me. But Nashville has four games in hand, right? These teams behind the Coyotes have played a lot less games, and I think that's what they're, where the Coyotes are going to screw themselves over is that, unfortunately, they've just played more games than everybody else, and that's going to come back to bite them. Yeah, and uh, again, they have to play tomorrow, which would be today as you guys are listening to this. Um so they will be playing the Blues, and um, that was a good game for them. So hopefully this will be a good game for them, too. They were basically coming off the same type of a situation last time. So hopefully there will um, that will be another success for the Coyotes. But I did have a question for you because um, one of the things that really kind of comes back to me, so we always talk – we used to talk about the, the Kings being a very dirty team. And um, I always go back to in my head when uh, Dustin Brown had hit um, Shane Doan's head onto the ice, he grabbed his helmet and shoved it into the ice. And I, the fact that he is their captain, and then to go and look at Jamie Benn, who was the one who got in trouble tonight, and he is their captain. What does that show to you that on these teams, the dirtiest player is their captain? That is a very interesting point. I've never thought about it, frankly. Luckily, Dustin Brown is no longer the captain of the Kings, and he hasn't been for several years. That has now rightfully been passed to Andre Kopitar, who I really enjoy as a player. I think he's a great player. Uh, and for the most part, not as dirty as Dustin Brown, thankfully. But Jamie Benn's always been that guy. He's always been a shit starter and a little bit of a dick. And uh, and that's what happened. Like, I mean, we know OEL, like, he's not a dirty player at all, you know, but he's one of those guys that, like, I think you can get under his skin a little bit because he's not afraid to kind of get in the tussle, you know. I remember, you know, back when this first Dallas game, right, he was right in the middle of the tussle. When the Calgary Flames played the Coyotes, OEL was seemingly – one of the few guys to kind of go after and get after it. So, in a way, like you kind of want, you want some edge to your captain, right? Because it shows a little bit of leadership, but you also is not good. Good look on your organization to have your dirtiest player be the captain. Well, and that was Shane Doan always had that little bit of an edge to him, and people used to try and call him dirty after a little while, which is kind of odd because. He is such a stand-up guy, so have anyone calling him dirty um, always seemed weird. And um, and 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 to clarify too, when I was talking before, um, I was talking about Dustin Brown being the captain when his head when he had gotten in that fight that I was talking about. Um, I'm pretty sure he was. I like don't quote me on that, but I he he was at least at one point in time. Um, but uh, so. They back to the don't thing. He had said that, you know, they suffer a little getting kind of dirty and all of this. And it, and it always seemed weird to me because most of the time, anytime he would bring a little bit of dirt into his game was to defend other players and to defend his team or to 
he would he would do it and the team wasn't doing they needed something to kind of rile them up and so that i think is a smart way of using a little bit of edge a little bit of dirt a little bit of drama to you know drum up support like so your teammates know that you're supporting them or to drum up some excitement into a game that's not going your direction and try and swing that momentum to do it on a regular basis or to go into this game knowing that you're going to attack OELA's revenge for the previous game. It just, that type of premeditation to me is just kind of stupid and it doesn't really need to be on the ice. Like, because essentially you as a captain, like, so say he did come into this premeditated, right? And he knew that he was going to like get at OEL at some point in this game. He essentially kicked himself out of the next game and um, possibly will get fined for it and gave up a goal for his team. That is not what you want from a captain. And that's something that um, I kind of was thinking about in it is you want your captain to set an example. And as much as we've said that OEL has not been playing up to the par that we think he should be playing this season, I do appreciate the fact that he sets a much better example than that. Yeah, that's the one thing that OEL is really good at is, for the most part, I think he is a somebody who I think a lot of the players in the room respect and I think he's gotten better as a leader. That's something that we've talked about on the show before is that we, both of us, were not fans of when Oliver Ekman Larson was first given the captaincy, um, but he seemingly has kind of come into that role. And that's, you know, that's that's good, albeit he's not playing to his $8.5 million contract this year. But at least he's become a better leader. <laughs> that uh, That is actually... Uh, that is true. He has become a much better leader, and I have I I've admitted to myself that I didn't. Yeah, like you had said, we neither of us really thought that he should be that he should get the captaincy, and that he basically um, he went from zero to sixty very quickly, and really turned it on and became you know the face that this team needed after Don left. So I, I will give him those props and and yeah he's not living up to but like there's a lot of people right now that aren't living up to their contracts um <laughs> clean color um but i don't know I, I guess in the end it's just the fact that if there's anything that is, that's nice it's the fact that he is putting together a really good um like a, a really nice i don't even know how to say this like he is setting a good example from that aspect on the ice. Is he setting a good example on the ice of play? Not so much. Is he setting a good example of how he need the team needs to be in the locker room? I don't know either. But on, on that aspect, at least he's winning in that. And at least that's something. But you know what doesn't cost an $8 million contract? Our newest sponsor, you guys, we have a new sponsor, and our sponsor is Southern Scholar. And that, and you can go visit their website at southernscholar.com. They're a menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through their monthly subscription or their shop. Simply put, Southern Scholar makes the best dress socks in the world, seriously. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend, 
and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns. And guess what? Southern Scholar is actually owned by a hockey player who grew up here in Arizona, actually playing for the Junior Coyotes. So if you want to support somebody who supports local hockey here in the Valley, go to southernscholar.com. They bring you a unique yet professional dress sock, which can be worn in the most prestigious prestigious of environments. Their socks have the perfect combination of stretch, softness, and breathability, providing a true mid-calf fit that stays in place throughout your entire workday. You can enjoy their monthly sock club and all of the member benefits like lower prices, exclusive sales, and access to their member shop, or you can just shop the collection without a subscription. Either way, you'll save money at southernscholar.com by using our promo code THPN, of course, for the Hockey Podcast Network and Sporty Nation. The good thing about Southern Scholar is they are sending us some socks that uh, I will be trying on for myself. Corey, you will give to you'll give to Scotty so he can try it for himself. And then we also will have at some point in the future, maybe our next episode, maybe the episode after that. Pretty soon, we will have some Southern Scholar socks to give away on our show to the fine Sporty Nation people. Yes, we will. And and as we had said before, they are they're gentlemen socks. That would be why um, I will not be wearing my the socks, but um, it will be nice for me to be able to see it on on my men, because then I can advise all the ladies out there whether you should go and get them for your men and whether, you know, as a guy, it looks good on you. You know, sometimes there's certain things that make because guys can't do all the things that girls do. You know, they can't like change their hair and change their makeup and all that stuff so one of the things that guys can do i mean guys can change their hair just not as like much as women can and i mean you can if you want to i mean you all get what i'm saying but so it dressing is the one thing that men can really just like change up and make different about them if anything has come out of the uh, new fashion in the NHL that is definitely showing that that um, that basically men can show off their attractiveness by how they dress so I'll let you know whether those socks are really good and if they're making um, men look better wearing them then then I can give you tips on how to look good for the ladies guys I, I need tips. Can you give me tips? Because I... <laughs> I will always give you tips. Richie, aren't aren't I the one with Cat uh, with Kat and Scotty who, who moved you to the socks that you currently wear? Yeah, I used to wear, like, white, like, high socks. I don't know if that's what they're called. Whatever. Like, I used to not wear ankle dad socks. socks. Yeah, dad socks. Exactly. And then this was, what, three, four years ago, probably? Uh, I don't know. We have a picture of it. Yeah, it's been it, yeah many many years ago. You guys convinced me to get new socks, and now I'm wearing the socks I am now. And so that thanks to you and your fashion sense, I was able to do that. So now, now with Southern Scholar on board here, now I can, I can look even better. Because when I now see now I usually, I usually don't I don't dress up as much as I as much as I I, I have been in the past. But now with these, I can show them off when I go to Coyotes games and cover games. 
and I'll just like I'll just like wear them with uh, I'll get some with some of my dress pants and just like pull pull up my pant leg and, and people will look at me like oh those socks are sexy <laughs> yeah there you go you could try and pick up on some of those girls that like come to the games trying to uh, get the players to notice them yeah <laughs> you can like be you can walk and show them your socks and the socks that they're sending are all um coyotes colored theme socks so they will go with any coyotes colors which is super awesome as well um so yeah and i mean the the new style that a lot of men are doing is like no socks with boots so you can be the different one where socks and it'll make you stand out ladies i think we've got a good plan going on here i like it i like it a lot so thank you to southern scholar for uh helping out our show and hopefully go to southernscholar.com and, and buy their socks um what else were we going to talk about on this show do we have i'm trying to think this is, if you we, don't we're going to talk about barrett hayton uh duh oh there we go sorry uh, if you haven't noticed, Sporty Nation, a lot of shows will put together like this super awesome rundown of everything they're going to talk about, and, uh, and it looks fancy and f- more power to And we do it on the Freaks. For the most part, we have a show rundown for each segment of what we're going to talk about. But for Sporty Nation, we really don't. So I hope that's what you. I hope that's what the Sporty Nation really likes about us is that we're we don't script our show. We have a general idea and sense of what we're going to talk about. But we don't have a, a a a set list, so thank you for reminding me that we're going to talk about Barrett Hayton here. Well, part of it is we usually kind of go and just keep going, going, going. Um, and the ad read kind of got us a little bit uh, mixed up in the middle there. Cut into our flow, as you could tell when I was like talking, I was getting like a little bit jumbled up before I started reading the ad read because it's just not my flow. We're very um. We, we kind of get lost in the sauce, if you will. We get very just kind of going and we don't stop. So when we do stop, it's a little strange. But yeah, we were wanting to talk about Barrett Hayton because of the fact that Barrett Hayton is still just hanging around. And um, the, the big speculation, the thing that everyone keeps on talking about, is when Barrett Hayton will come in. And um, we were talking about this earlier, and I kind of in an interesting little that I thought would be a really great idea for when Barrett Hayton should be thrown in. He should be thrown in. They are about to play a game, a god-awful team that is going to be a, oh, I think in our sleep we would be able to beat this team. Yeah, throw him in because that is the when this team needs a massive shakeup and just to do something that's different and to just make it not the i don't know the dumpster fire that it's been every single time they attempt to play a godful team because they don't come so it's something different it's something new and i feel like those are some of the things that need to be done in order for this team to be shaken up um a lot of people have said that it's because um they've been winning a fair amount recently and they were um saying that he wasn't put in because you know why mess with a good thing but then again they lost tonight so um it should be interesting you might be able to 
um, no, like, of course, we're recording this Wednesday night. He might get thrown in uh, tonight um, against the Blues. We don't know quite yet. But um, he better be in the lineup against the Blues. He better be in the lineup against the Blues. I don't, you just lost a game where you only scored two goals. Granted, you put up 41 shots, but this was the problem they've had for the last year, right? Where they just don't have the finish to their game for whatever reason. And even you had Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall to line up, and Taylor Hall has been the Coyotes' best offensive player over the last, you know, since he the Coyotes acquired him. Uh, he scored a goal tonight against the against the, the Dallas Stars. But it's pretty clear this team needs a little boost to their top six, and Barrett Hayton is the guy to do that. And unfortunately for Barrett, like, he just hasn't gotten the lineup enough, right? Now, do you want to throw a rookie into the fire with 20 games left to go in the season and give him a bunch of ice time in games that are very, very meaningful? That's up for Rick Tockett to decide, but it's clear this team needs something offensively, a boost offensively to score more goals because they haven't scored a whole hell of a lot of goals recently. And in my opinion, and I said this when we talked about Barrett Hayton the last time, and to me, the guy who gets replaced in the lineup is is Vinny Hinestroza. I think he's the guy that is likeliest to go. He's underperformed quite a bit this year. He's been a little bit better over the last couple of games, especially, I think, defensively. I think he's really impressed me with his neutral zone play. But he has, just hasn't been producing like I think Barrett Hayton can. So, in my opinion, Barrett Hayton's got to be in the lineup against St. Louis tonight. Um... And I think he'd be a nice little boost for this team um, offensively. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, as much as I said, like I said earlier about putting him in, um, I, I would like to see him earlier versus later. Um, if it was a concern for Tockett, um, you know, with Tockett is very big on making sure that people gain enough confidence going into a game. And he hasn't, particularly like just throwing people into it so um when i say making sure that he's that that doesn't mean that he can't come in earlier i just mean that like when they play a terrible team i would like him to be in in that and basically as something different um to attack those teams but i totally agree i would like to see him in there and i would also like to see him doing well and producing and showing a lot of these other players that there's someone younger that is coming in and destroying and doing your job and there's something about when someone comes in and starts doing your job that it scares the living shit out of you and gets you to do something about it and there are like you had said taylor hall is the only one that is finishing right now and players (laughs) like kessel and Keller, the two that I was like all kinds of irritated that I was going to get their names all tongued all season, I have had to say their names way too much for not good reasons. And that is so frustrating. So, yes, have Barrett Hayton come in. Show them that you can be a young kid and still contribute on this team and that what they are doing, like, yes, Clayton Keller is still young, but he's not a rookie. Like, he needs 
to do what he needs to do on this team in order to get points. And he just, he's the, one of the most frustrating things, I think, in, in my current existence right now because of the fact that we all just want so many good things for him. And again, we can't have nice things. Pretty much. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, going back to your goal scoring thing, you know, Connor Garland and Christian Dvorak, who also play on that top line with Taylor Hall, have been excellent um, together. Um, Christian Dvorak continues oh, to put yeah. together his best season. And congratulations to Connor Garland, who scored 20 goals the other day against the New York Islanders. He's the first Coyote to score 20 goals since um, Clayton Keller did it in his rookie season two years ago. So congratulations to him. What a season he's having. Hopefully he's not the last guy to score 20 goals on this team because um, they need, they're need they going to need it down the stretch. Again, if they – Go ahead. And to call him out for – I wanted to call you out on this because I, I thoroughly enjoyed it earlier. What happened? Um, did I do, did I do something did wrong? A, what? I said, did I do something wrong? No, no, no. It was a, it's, a, it's a good call out, not a bad call out. You're fine. I wanted to call you out for doing a uh, sporty goal challenge yeah. earlier. That was very entertaining. Um, and uh, when you mentioned Garland, it our boy Garland got a lot of love when you tweeted that out. Yeah, that's true. We had a couple people say Connor Garland. So that that is very nice to see how much confidence that um, – Coyotes fans have in Connor Garland and it's uh I'm sure it's really great for him too because no one ever thought he'd be in this position so the fact that he's doing this well it's kind of sad because um we were all talking about schmaltz in this way earlier um and now he's basically off the map as well but um I just wanted to give you props for that because I thoroughly enjoyed your uh your um sporty goal challenge it was um it was a nice take on um the one that we normally see during playoffs thank you very much maybe i'll do that in some other games maybe i'll do it tonight against the blues so if you're listening to this podcast right now in the morning before the game starts or in the afternoon you can tweet us hashtag sporty goal challenge you can tell us who you think is going to score the first goal and uh we'll, we'll retweet you i you I don't think you'll win a prize quite yet, um, unfortunately, because we don't have anything to give away yet. But you can participate. We always enjoy the Sporting Nation tweeting at us and in, engaging in the conversation. We don't give out our, our Twitter. I was thinking about this the other day, which is that when was the last time we told people on the show what our Twitter handle was? It's, it's been a while. Our, our Twitter handle, I think, is at Corey Ritchie Show, right? Is, is, I, why do I not know our Twitter handle? This is terrible. You're, no, you're wrong. And, That's not what it is. And, and Scotty's making faces to me uh, like behind all of this, so I was very distracted. I'm sorry, people. I've failed in so many different ways. Um, this is why I can't be put um, under pressure in these situations. Um, oh... At Corey underscore Richie show. Lame. There you go. No, no. I mean, our our handle isn't lame. It's just <laughs> lame that I got that wrong. <laughs> Let me clarify that. There you go. At Corey underscore Richie show. Hashtag sporty goal challenge to enter the contest. That we, for nothing, you're giving away. You just 
earn at you just earn our respect for guessing correctly who's going to score the first goal. Uh, so yeah, follow that. Follow um, follow Corey on the Twitter as she probably hopefully starts tweeting more uh, about things like Inception and and other things at Corey Nicole or two E's. Two E's. Yep. And uh, yeah, follow me and uh, converse with me on the Twitter. Um, as Richie has called it many times before. And um, Richie, why'd you have to quote tweet the um, the Craig Morgan tweet about the, the Coyotes being one in their past 10 road games? I didn't see it again. I deal in facts, Corey. I, I, I need to I tell people about the facts. Stack Eye Richie over here just ruining my night. Um, but yeah, so if you want to see those type of things that ruin your night, go ahead and follow Richie at rflores91. Um, his, his, he tweets much more than I do, so uh, you'll probably get more out of him. Um, but yes, go and follow him too. Uh, you might want to ignore his terrible stats that he likes to share out there that are absolutely terrible and should not be brought to light because um as fans of arizona sports in general um it already sucks to be us we don't have to be reminded that it sucks to be us (laughs) yeah that's true um before we go i want to make i want to make sure to mention this before we go because it's very important uh i don't know if we have a lot of nascar fans uh, among our listeners of the sporty nation but uh, how cool was it? I'm sure you saw this today, Corey, where Ryan Newman, the NASCAR driver who was in a nasty, nasty wreck on the very final lap in the very last corner of the Daytona 500, he was hospitalized for for uh, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, he walked out of the hospital today with his two kids, and that was absolutely incredible to see because that was one of the nastiest wrecks I've seen at Daytona in a long time. I, I, you know, I, I, I said this on Kenny and Crash the other day. I was like, it just felt different watching that crash. So to see him literally less than 48 hours after that crash happened, walking out of the hospital by himself and his two kids, that was really cool to see. That was my favorite thing I saw on the air on Wednesday. So I thought I wanted to end this episode on a very positive note. It, yeah, it, genuinely speaks to the improved safety of of the sprint cup cars are are, are they still the sprint cup is no it, is it now no there's no sponsor now it's, just called the cup series oh cup oh yeah okay thank you i was like mm, i felt like that was wrong um the there's so much safety that has it has come such a long way i mean i was a little kid um my my dad used to always love watching uh, Dale Earnhardt, and as a little kid, I would crawl into um, his bed that literally felt like a giant island because I was that small, and uh, watch it with him. And so, at, at a very young age, I watched Dale Earnhardt crash and essentially die. So um, it's crazy to me to have all these years later um, happen to be dropping by my parents' house, walked into their house, and uh, it was right after the crash had happened and watched, you know, an absolute horrific crash where he was hit on the driver's side as he was flipping um, and came out perfectly fine. So if there's anything that's 
extraordinary out of this and that deserves extra kudos it is all of them for making that sport so much safer and making it to the point where someone has that horrific of a crash and they're able to walk out with their kids because that's the thing that a lot of people forget in every sport is that all of these people that are drivers players whatever they're all people and they all have families that care about them and and in the end that's what matters the most and with that we will talk to you again on monday it's trade deadline day on monday coyotes fans we'll see who stays and who goes we'll talk about a little bit that coming up on the monday show until then good night and good hockey everybody